Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first we want to acknowledge our partners, We Coach, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, the Florida Coaches Coalition, and Vital Signs Wall of Fame. These are four organizations you really need to add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Spend the next three minutes. Take a listen to our sponsorship messages. These are all great products that I used as a coach or an AD. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association information platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As an AD, I used Home Campus every single year, and it was just fantastic. And the Home Campus team was great to work with as well. For more information, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. Of course, there's SnapRaise, the best fundraising platform out there. But you also have Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and many others. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to Gipper. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their pros are going to show you how you can create world-class marketing content for your school social media channel. Celebrate your athletes, promote your team, go to Gipper.com, start creating professional graphics in seconds. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Signs can make it easier for you to celebrate your entire community and showcase your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. It's also a great way to display your school records, your record boards, your Hall of Fame, or just tell more compelling stories. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Look at their great products, and when you're ready to buy, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Bring your school's legacy to life. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the uh, number one digital ticketing provider for schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com right now. Check out all the features that they can provide you. And they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets, but they're also going to assign you a dedicated client success manager to provide hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com, digital ticketing that offers more. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their products today. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. We were a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids up to their highest level. It was a complete solution for what we were looking for. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. 
We also want to say thanks to District 1. Go to District 1, that's W-O-N, and you're going to feel like you've won when you check out their custom uniforms, their on-time delivery, and their one-at-a-time replacements. You'll never have to order a full set again when you just need one or two replacement pieces. Go to District 1, click on the Team Gear button to get your free quote. That's district1.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Uh, athletic directors only hear back from the complainers, the people that want to gripe about everything. And that's really only about 2% of your uh, audience. Athletic surveys will connect you with that 2%. They'll also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to a very special Educational AD podcast. We are truly visiting with an old friend, Monica Maxwell. Monica was on the uh, very first season of the Educational AD Podcast, actually uh, guest number 69. Uh, she's one of uh, a very small handful of people that we've invited back for a second visit. Uh, this is actually going to be episode number uh, 440 when it airs. And we're recording this on June 27th. So it's going to be very timely while you're listening to it. Um, Monica is a uh, certified master athletic administrator. She's a longtime high school AD in the Midwest. Uh, she's got a tremendous athletic background. We're going to let her share a little bit about that. But, you know, college athlete, uh, pro athlete, uh, college coach. Uh, and now uh, her current position, she is the assistant executive director for the Oregon School Activities Association. Uh, for me, growing up in Oregon, you knew all about the OSAA. Uh, Monica's going to share a little bit about that. But Monica Maxwell, welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we've uh, we've had this one on the books for a while. Uh, again, I, I know you're tremendously busy out there in Oregon, uh, my home state, by the way. But uh, let's go and jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio where you were born, grew up, uh, maybe take us up through some of those college years. Then we'll take a break uh, and hear more about your story. But uh, what's the origin story for Monica Maxwell? Yeah, so I am um, born and raised um, in Hammond, Indiana, which is uh, a town just south and east of downtown Chicago, about 30 miles. Um uh, went to high school in East Chicago, which is a neighboring uh, town. Um, Three-sport athlete, played basketball, volleyball, uh, ran a little track. I tried softball for about a week. It was way too slow. I couldn't, I couldn't hang there. And I was, I was really, really bad. But um, so yeah. Then after after high school, um, had the good privilege of going down to Louisiana Tech and playing basketball there, and uh, played on two two final four teams, played for a national championship in 98, uh, lost to the undefeated Tennessee team. Um, and then uh, I thought for sure I was done. I was like, I'm done, <laughs> burned out, I'm done playing basketball. Um, and we got back from the final four in 99 and um, 
And my coach handed me this big old bag of of mail. It was like being recruited all over again. Um, mail from sports agents and uh, and WNBA teams. Um, and hey, you have a chance to play professionally. Uh, would you like to do it? I was like, had no interest in going overseas. So I thought I'd try the WNBA thing out. But um, the year we came out of college in 1999 was also the year that the ABL, the other professional basketball team, folded. So there was a lot of great players in our draft that were, um, I mean, really good. I've been playing overseas for, for you know, a decade or so. Um, so I went undrafted um, to the Washington Mystics, played there for a year, my rookie year. And then um, Indiana um, got a team. The WNBA expanded four teams. Indiana was one of the teams, and I got picked up in that expansion draft. And that's where I finished my professional career um, was in Indiana with the fever. So um, I got to play back at home in front of some friends and some family. So that was a special uh, time in my life. But um, when basketball, when the ball stopped bouncing, I was kind of like every other um, athlete. It's like, what do you do now? Right. And then I uh, went into, I thought I was going to go into corporate America at a business undergrad and um, worked for GM uh, for a year and quickly decided I did not want to be there. Um, I was in the stamping plant. It was loud. It was dirty. It was clocking in, clock out, stuff. I, I just wasn't used to the real world there. So I went into college coaching, as you mentioned, uh, coached um, down at Tulane um, in New Orleans for a year. Um, just happened to be the year of Hurricane Katrina. And uh, so I left there, uh, went out to coach at Cal State Northridge for a year. And it was it was there where I kind of knew that I wanted to be in athletic administration. And I got a call from um, a former teacher of mine who had who had been um, the superintendent in our school district for a couple of years. He said, that, hey, the athletic director is retiring. Would you want to come home to be our athletic director? And that's how that's how I got into to being an athletic director. And that was, um, that turned into an 11 year gig. And um, and I knew at some point I wanted to get out of the schools. I'm not a licensed teacher. Um, so you always run into these challenges where, you know, the athletic director um, a lot of times is a licensed teacher or administrator so that they can play these dual roles. Well, they couldn't put me in a lot of dual roles uh, cause I was not certified in either. So, um, so I kind of made it a goal of mine to prepare myself to get out of the schools and into, I wanted to stay in athletics um, and get into something that, that was a little more um, either compliance or business side of athletics. And, and that's how I ended up here in Oregon. Um, and, and, and like you said, the OSAA um, have been great. I mean, I have great coworkers. I've learned a lot um, and really enjoy what I'm doing here. So. Um, so we'll see. That's kind of dot, 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 I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens now. Oh, no. Uh, you, you you covered a lot of ground. I want to touch on yeah. uh, some of those uh, individually. Let's go all the way back to, um, um, you know, you're graduating from college. WNBA yeah. is just getting started. You know, now looking back with your own perspective, uh, you know, as a coach, as an educator, as a professional in our organization, um, is it um, – um, you know, what are your feelings about where the WNBA is now? I mean, you know, the, it's never been more popular. I'm going to guess right. back then uh, it, it probably wasn't a, a, as well known. You know, what, what's your take on all that? 
No, I think I think the WNBA right now is in a great space. Um, they had some growing pains. Um, you know, like the first I was in the WNBA when it was three years old. That's when I came in. Right. So I mean, it's a, it was a little, you know, we we're a little toddlers, right? Um, and it it was it was the excitement was there, the buzz was there. Um, and I played on the two teams that had the highest attendance in the league. So I mean, Washington Mystics. I mean, we were we were playing in front of twelve, thirteen thousand every night. And in Indiana, it was the same situation. But some of these teams were not playing in front of the, that kind of crowd. And then around I don't know year ten through fifteen or so or something like that, they had it was a real lull in the league. But I think that um, the league has done a really good job lately um, of marketing um, the league really well. And the players have done a great job of using their platform to go out and um, and put themselves in front of um, of more people. You know, I mean, we have I mean, you have players on uh, national commercials and they have huge sponsorships. Um, you know, they have and, and they're doing a lot of things with the NBA um, kind of coming back in the fold a little better. Um, but I, I just think that the marketing and we had to get a president in there who had a marketing background because it really makes all the difference. I mean, you can't just rely on, you know, putting the billboard up on the interstate. That's not going to get it done. Right. So, um, so yeah, I think what, what they're doing now um, and what they've done in the last couple of years, they are in a great situation. And I think in a, in a situation where you're going to see here in the next couple of years, um, some expansion, hopefully. Um, and I had a conversation with the WNBA president, um, not just this fall, she was in Portland because Portland is trying to buy for, um, to be one of those expansion cities, right? So, um, but she's excited about where they are. I'm excited about where they are. There was probably about 10 of us alumni there. Um, so they still try to keep us involved. Um, and I, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be really good, but they're in a really good spot right now. Yeah. Oh, no, it's great. You watch the games uh, on ESPN and everything. All right. I got yeah. a tough question for you now. Uh -oh. Um, the 22 or 23 year old Monica Maxwell, how is she uh, faring in today's WNBA? Uh, are, are you still out there balling? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think I think the kind of player I was, um, emphasis on was, right? Uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> um, I was such a scrappy player. Um, you know, it's one of those things, and. And I really tried to hone in on my skill. And one of my best skills was shooting a three. I mean, I, I mean, I think that when you can just do the dirty work, and if you have a skill, whether that's for me, it was shooting a three. If for someone else, it may be rebounding or whatever. Um, I mean, I think you can last a little while in, in today's league because um, it's all one-on-one -on -one stuff, one-on-one -on -one kick out. It's, it's, it's turned into a little bit like the NBA, but um but yeah, I think I'll, I think I would be all right. He'd still be there. All right. I love it. For our listeners, uh, our guest is Monica Maxwell. She's a certified master athletic administrator, uh, tremendous background in sports, currently the assistant executive director for the Oregon School Activities Association. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, 
student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a lot more. As an athletic director in Florida, I used home campus every single day, and it was just great. And the home campus team was great to work with, too. To find out more, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Check them out today. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Monica Maxwell, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. Monica, you you touched uh, briefly when your playing career was over. Uh, you you know were into you know college coaching, but you know one of your stops, you kind of got it into your head that uh, athletic administration was uh, something that you wanted to do. What about that particular moment sticks out for you as kind of a touchstone that you know get you got you into your next uh, career experience? Yeah. Um, so right after I finished playing. Um, I was a high school coach for five years. Um, really loved working with the high school age group. And then um, uh, I just needed to make more money, right? So that's how I got into college coaching. And then um, I kind of missed the high school age group right? <laughs> once, I, once I left them. And then, um, so when I was in college coaching, I, I knew that um, I, I love the coaching part of coaching. Uh, I didn't like the all of the other stuff that you had that came with coaching the travel and the recruiting and i mean it was getting to be i mean as you can see now this is um gosh this was uh 15 16 years ago um it's it was just it was very little coaching and a whole lot of everything else and i and i really wanted to um i, I really wanted to make a difference and i didn't feel like i had the opportunity to because we weren't around our kids enough. We were always chasing other kids. So um, I was like, I, I really want to get into administration. I didn't know what part of administration. When you get to the college level, there's so many different avenues that you can go. Um, so I, I didn't know which direction to go. I didn't know if that was going to be compliance, if that was going to, I didn't know what where it was going to lead to. Um, so I thought that the high school sector was best um, I bet the best suitor for what I wanted to do, which was touch all of the athletes um, and make a difference for all of the athletes. So, um, you know, I think I landed uh, in a good place where I, where I, um, where I was as a high school AD. And it was my former high school. I was back, you know, with some familiar faces. So that was very helpful. Um, but I mean, I just fell in love, honestly, with the, um, with the profession. I just, it, it it's such a gratifying feeling um, when at the end of the day, you know, you made a difference. Um, and a lot of times, I'll be honest, uh, it's a thankless job. Nobody's coming to you and <laughs> patting you on the back. Say, hey, good job that that bus showed up on time. Nobody's, you know, but they don't know what you do until you don't do it. Right. <laughs> and then um, and then they all come. But uh, you had to find the silver lining in a lot of different things as an athletic director, because it could be very lonely, um, as you could probably attest to um, when you're sitting in your office at nine, 10 o'clock at night and you're the last one, you know, locking gates and turning off lights. So that that could be a lonely feeling. Um, but I mean, you have to find that silver lining. And I found that silver lining many, many times, um, which is what kept me there so long. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, there is a grind to the position, but um, all the all the positive, you know, working with kids, working with coaches, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, being at those games till 11 o'clock at night, uh, you know, those really stick out for you. Yeah. You, know, you 
you mentioned that, you know, one of your former um, coaches had reached out to you about the position. Um, you know, how, how was that at the time coming back, uh, you know, you know, to an area that you were very familiar with as a student? Yeah, it was good and bad. I'll be honest. It was, um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to, um, come back to Indiana to be closer back to family, but when you are coming back, uh, after being gone and grown, you know, I've grown up and, um, and things, and, and you come back to some of the same teachers and some of the same administrators who were there when you left as a student, <laughs> right? And they still see you as that. So um, so it, 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 was, it took some years to really try to change that perspective from, um, hey, I'm not Monica the student, right? I'm Monica now the, the athletic administrator. And, you know, it takes them seeing you in action. And Really, like I tell people, I, I was telling um, a group of, of mentees the other day, I said, you know, you have to always think that you're on an interview, right? Because somebody's watching, right? Whether you think they're watching or not, some parents watching, some students watching, some coaches watching, whatever. And you have to conduct yourself in such a way um, to write your own story so you can control your own narrative. And um so that's exactly what I did. I didn't lose who I was. I mean, but I was also, you know, a very driven and very hardworking person. Um, and I just let that shine through. So you, you know, you naturally as an AD, you have to go above and beyond. It's just what it is. You sign up for it, whether you think you do or not. Um, so, so, you know, that, that going above and beyond um, wasn't hard for me. It actually came very natural to me. And, you know, and then like, you know, my, uh, administrators or teachers or parents or whoever those folks may be who were um, sort of interviewing you from a distance, um, they could, you know, when they form their opinions, you hope that they're good opinions, right, of you. Yeah, um, I, I share the story, you know, when I graduated from college, uh, I did some substitute teaching and ended up back at my own high school as a substitute one day. And, uh, one of my best friends had gone the same route, different college, but we both ended up there uh, as subs. And so we walk into the uh, the teacher's lunchroom and here's all of our old coaches, all of our old teachers. And they, they go, you guys became teachers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm not that, you know, squirrely 18 year old kid anymore. Well, maybe a little bit, but uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Grew up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Monica Maxwell. She's a certified master athletic administrator, longtime AD, now out in the great state of Oregon, working with their state activities association. We're going to take another quick break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile for their support. Go to SnapRaise. Dot com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. Of course, there's SnapRaise, their fundraising platform. We used it at our school with great success, and you can too. But there's a whole lot more. Snap Store, Snap Connect, Snap Manage. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. Check them out today, snapraise.com. We also want to thank Gipper for their support. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for the Educational AD Podcast. 
And if you go to Gipper.com, tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. The Gipper Pros are going to have you creating professional-grade sports graphics for your school in seconds. Celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. And uh, join the platform that's used by over 3,000 athletic programs, both high school and college, across the country. Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational 80 Podcast. Monica, we have a lot of uh, uh, younger listeners, uh, new athletic directors, and I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that, you know, we all take with our state and national association. So you're a certified master athletic administrator. That doesn't happen by accident. Uh, share a little bit, if you can, about your journey with your state association and with NIAAA. Yeah, so um, I was a very uh, eager <laughs> young AD, um, and I um, I called down to our state association quite a bit in the first year or two, and tried to set up some meetings with our um, with our assistant commissioners there in Indiana. So uh, Sandy Searcy, who um, was the assistant commissioner in the uh, Indiana um high school athletic association's office and now she is with the national federation as one of their director of sports but sandy was a very early mentor of mine um, and very instrumental in what i did and how i became um, a good athletic director so um but what i did as a as a young athletic director was uh i was so enthralled in wanting to learn everything like i wanted to learn everything from everybody so i set up meetings across our state all the way from the very um, northwest corner all the way down to the very southwest corner and I set up meetings with veteran ADs right so I would go in and I would uh, job shadow them for a day or two um, and then I would next couple of weeks and I would go to the next school and I did this to um, at five schools um, they gave me a stack of information when I left their school um, that I would just read and then what I what I did um, as far as certifi certification is concerned, is um, at the time the NIAAA had a partnership with uh, IUPUI and some other universities, but that was the closest one to me, um, where you can take LTC courses and eventually uh, get a master's degree in athletic administration. So over the course of um, two years, I went to 14 states. Um, and took 27 LTC classes, right? And and got my master's degree in athletic administration um, and met a ton of people um, all over the country. And it was fantastic, right? It was great. I mean, uh, it's just, it was expensive, but, um, but it was fun and it was good. I think it was very instrumental in building that foundation for me uh, as, um, as a young AD, right? Because um, what I found out, honestly, was that the issues and the challenges that we were having in Indiana, they were having in Idaho and they were having in South Carolina and also in Texas. And, and the issues were the same, right? It's just the location was a little bit different. But um, once I got uh, my master's in athletic administration, um, then I got my CAA, um, and then you just kind of get hungry, you get greedy, right? Um, <laughs> right? So uh, it took me a, a little while in between the CAA and the CMAA. Um, but I, I knew I started working on my project right away after my CAA. Um, 
and then I paused it because life happens. And then, um, and eventually went back and uh, finished my project for my CMAA. So um, yeah, I really kind of jumped in head first um, on the national level, right? Uh, I, I kind of went backwards, right? I, I was really involved on the national level. I got, um, I got on some national committees. I'm also on the wars committee for a bit. And um, so, I mean, it's, I, I jumped in on a national level and then I kind of went backwards and said, I, I need to get, get more involved at the state and local level. So, um, so that's exactly what I did. I went back and I, I got on um, some of our state, um, state committees in Indiana and um, eventually on the board of directors there um, and left, actually left Indiana as the second vice president, as the first vice president, I should say, I should have, this would be my year to be the president of our, um, of our uh, athletic directors association in Indiana, but, uh, but I left a little premature, but yeah, so it was, it was quite the, it was quite the journey. Like I never wanted to be that AD that was stagnant. Um, I just always wanted to learn from my colleagues because I, I think that is how more than anything, more than opening one of those LTC books is like, that's how you learn the the business more is um, you talk to different people and how they handle different things and situations. Um, and you really try to stay sharp in those areas because because um, it's important. I mean, this is a this is a living, breathing career field, and it's forever changing. And uh, and I think we are each other. We we are each other's counselors in some respects. So um, so I try to keep always keep that in the forefront. You know that that must have been really cool going from state to state uh, and, and yeah. meeting all those different people. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I know I said I wouldn't do this. Uh, you got one or two um, instances that really stick out. Uh, you know, again, you're just starting this, the leadership training program. Uh, any um, wow moments you can share? When I was traveling from state to state? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I went down to uh, South Carolina um, and took some classes in South Carolina. Um in Charleston, uh, which was a uh, which was really cool because uh, you take the class and then you have the rest of the day off. And you know, so so I went down and got and got to see um, the Charleston and the and the port the port of Charleston down there right downtown and walk downtown Charleston. But one of my favorites was actually in the state of Florida. Um, I met um, I met Lannis in, in Florida, and I also met um, a good friend of mine now. Uh, we were taking a class together, Lisa Montgomery, who's at West Orange High School in Florida. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, like I said, you, I, I traveled around so much. I met so many great people um, early, really early on in my career. I mean, Lannis is doing outstanding things now at the national level. He's doing great things in the state of Florida. Um, uh, one of the others was when I went to uh, Virginia um, and met um Kevin Adams out in Virginia he was teaching a class at the time and now uh Kevin and I are really good friends I mean I'm I was on his um his nomad board um for minority athletic directors for um for a for a good portion of time at the very beginning of that so um you know I just I made so many connections um honestly that it's it's hard to select one but um I just met some some really really good people. Uh, Daryl Nance, uh, I think Daryl Daryl's out in North Carolina, right? So, 
uh, just some great people that I had the opportunity to meet and become um, good friends with. Daryl's actually out of South Carolina, but I'm sure he'll forgive you. Uh, yeah, he I, probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Florida made the cut. And, uh, you know, again, Lannis with the PDA uh, committee there and uh, Lisa Montgomery, she's a regular uh, on the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. again, very cool. For our listeners, once again, our guest today is Monica Maxwell, longtime athletic director, and currently the assistant executive director the uh, Oregon School Activities Association. We're going to hear a little bit more about that, but let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. Vital Signs has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. They are great ways to display your school record boards uh, for all the teams, for all the events, um, or your school's Hall of Fame, or just to share your stories. Celebrate your community and showcase your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. When you're ready to buy, mention the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets to all your events, not just athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, um, dances, even graduation. Um, they'll also connect you with a dedicated client success manager that will provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. You'll find it all at hometownticketing.com. Digital ticketing that offers more. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Monica, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So what are some things that you have seen in your career as an athletic administrator? Maybe there are even things that you've done at your schools that you would consider best practices that you can share with our listeners? I think one of the, um, one of the biggest things that I did was uh, I really kept um, good calendars, right? So whether that calendar was, for me, I did both. I, I kept a calendar on my phone because I like the reminders. Um, but I would also keep um, a calendar, a real calendar, like paper calendar on my desk where I can put in, um, and I would just write it in, um, all of our events, whether they, they were home or away, or, or all of our special events, whether it's in the world awards pro program or a parent meeting or a coaches meeting or whatever that case may be. So like when I can walk in in the morning and visibly see that, it's just a quick reminder, right? That, oh, hey, yeah, I forgot we have, um, I have a, a coaches meeting today, or I have a, a my one-on-one -on -one with my principal this morning or whatever, the, whatever that was, I can look at it and vis visibly, it will kind of organize my thoughts for the day really quickly. Um, and one of the other things I do, this is um, this had nothing to do really with the school and everything to do with being an AD, um, was early on in my career, I used to give back vacation time, right? Because I never felt like I could take a day off. Um, there was always something to do. Uh, and what I learned was all it did was burn me out. 
Um, I was I was just mentally exhausted. I was physically exhausted um, by the end of the school year and even in, well into the summer. Um, and so what I decided to do, honestly, was to schedule myself into my calendar. Right. So um, I, when when I when I felt like um, I needed a break um, or a vacation, I had one planned already. So it gave me something to look forward to. Um, and I think that is extremely, extremely important is that athletic directors um, are the most um, visible, is probably one of the most visible people in a school or a school district, right? Outside of a principal and outside of a head football coach. Um, you have the athletic director that everyone knows and everybody's pulling at for time. And um, and and we uh, we have a problem saying no. It's just how it is. We we don't like to tell people no, so we try to do it all. And, um, and I tell you, once I started to schedule myself in my own calendar, um, it was it was life changing. I mean, I I just I mean, you have these beautiful packages of three or four or five weeks vacation, and you never take um, take your vacation, right? There, um, you know, take the vacation because it's it, everybody needs that time to um, to regroup. Um, you know, and just kind of you reset yourself um, to come back. You'll be in a better AD for it because um, you will 100% feel like you don't have time to take vacation when in all honesty, you, you honestly can't afford not to. You know, uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That was certainly one of the uh, you know, tools, if you will, uh, that uh, I learned way too late in my career. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, the impact that it has in a positive way uh, yeah. is um, just so very um, impactful. Uh, and uh, I, I wish I would have learned that uh, earlier uh, in my career. Um, in fact, it's uh, it's part of a, a future LTI course that I'm working with a team of ADs that hopefully will get uh, uh, the green light uh, somewhere down the road to become part of the um, LTI program for NIAAA. Okay. Very uh, important. For our listeners, one more time, uh, we're visiting with Monica Maxwell, certified master athletic administrator, a uh, longtime uh, AD, uh, and now working for the uh, OSAA, uh, the Oregon School Activities Association in Oregon. We're going to take, we're going to take another break. I know that's uh, surprising to our regular listener, but uh, stay with us. We'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and their scoreboards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Uh, just fantastic. And the sideline team was great to work with as well. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that demo today. Sidelineinteractive.com. You won't be disappointed. We also want to say thanks to our friends at District 1. Go to District 1, W-O-N, and you're going to feel like you've won when you check out their custom uniforms, their on-time delivery, and their one-at-a-time replacement program. You'll never have to buy a full set of uniforms again when you just need one or two replacements. Go to District 1, that's W-O-N.com. Click on the Team Gear button to get your free quote. District1.com. 
And we want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com, change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided to help them coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Monica, um, you um, made the decision to uh, leave, uh, let's say, you know, educational-based uh, athletics as a school-based AD and go to work at the state level with the Oregon School Activities Association. You know, number one, you know, travel halfway across the country, but number two, <laughs> you know, working in athletics in a different setting. So uh, what attracted you to that position and what keeps you excited uh, as you're going into, um, what is it your second or your third year now? <laughs> This is my second, second year. Okay, so yeah. um, talk to us about your uh, OSAA experience. Yeah, I, I mean, um, it's been it's been fantastic. Uh, it was um, it's a tough move going twenty five hundred miles away from home. I took the job sight unseen, um, uh, but um, what I knew uh, quite honestly was that uh, I wanted to work with some great people. Um, and that is uh, with the changes that happen at, in athletics, um, you may you may start with a superintendent and then they retire. You may start with a principal and then they move, you know, so on and so forth. So you always got for me, I always was working for different people all the time. And I just wanted something that was settling um, and I wanted to be excited um, to come to work every day. Um, but so what I started doing, um, just some backstory was about. I don't know, five or six years ago, I uh, really wanted to set myself up for um, a promotion or advancement in my career to this level because I wasn't ready um, after six years of, of being an AD. I just wasn't ready for the state association office. Um, and so I needed to do some things. Um, so I went back and got another degree. Uh, I took some more classes. I got more involved at the national level. Um, I got more involved at the state level. Um, I mentioned I was set on the board and, and was uh, pretty uh, active in doing that in Indiana. And so I really got a good feel for um, what they do in the state association office. Many of us ADs don't know. We just call down for rule clarification or um, whatever the case may be. So, um, so I, I talked to several different uh, state associations across the country um, and landed here in Oregon. And, um, and it's been, um, it's, it really has been fantastic. I, um, I am in charge of uh, soccer, uh, basketball, softball, band and orchestra. Last year, this year I gave softball to, um, we got a new assistant executive director. She took softball. So next year I'll be in charge of tennis in the spring. Um, but, um, but it's been, uh, it's been a learning experience. I mean, there is a, um, there's a learning curve, obviously, that comes with making the making the leap. <laughs> you know, it's uh, the first thing that I had to get used to was going home at four o'clock. I was like, "What do people do? They go home at four o'clock and do what?" I don't even. <laughs> it didn't take long to get used to that, but I certainly had to get used to that because, um, you know, you you can 
you're not required to necessarily go out to an event. And if you are, you just kind of go as a spectator, you know, buy a bag of popcorn, sit down and actually watch the event. You know, that was that was a little different. But, you know, it was just one of those situations where you, um, you take all of the skills that you had as an AD um, and you scale them up. So instead of being in charge of one school, now I'm in charge of 296 schools. And, um, and it, you know, and, and that's, that's, that could be a heavy, that could be a heavy burden. Um, but, you know, like I said, you try to keep, um, you, I try to keep learning um, and, and, and talking to people. Obviously it was uh, a little different because I was very used to and accustomed to Indiana's uh, bylaws. And now I had to learn a whole new set of bylaws. Um, some which are the same, some which are slightly different. Um, but I mean, being out in Oregon, um, I had no idea that, um, first of all, the state is, is such a beautiful place. I mean, driving into work every day, I'm just, I mean, I have a view of Mount Hood every single day. Um, and so it's like one of those things where I'm constantly in awe. Um, but, you know, it's the, the world of athletics here. Um, didn't change much um you know the world of athletics is the world of athletics is a universal language for all of us so um so that that was good that's where my that's where what makes makes me the most comfortable um but you know getting to learn the area getting to learn the people in the area um, my co-workers the ad's around the state you know there's a lot of different moving parts obviously so um very happy with where i am in my career right now you know, you mentioned um, some differences, you know, being familiar with, you know, the um, Indiana um, Association and their rules and bylaws. And you know, I'm sure it's different from state to state. You know, we have our bylaws down here in Florida. What's uh, what's something, and again, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. What's something that was different in Oregon uh, that than what you were used to, but uh, you said, hey, I can see why they might do this. Uh, you know, any Anything stick out, even just a, a small yeah. variation? <laughs> yeah. So um, so what I learned was that, like, most of the population of Oregon is on the west, on the western part of the state, like near the interstate, right? And so um, when you get in the eastern um, parts of the state or northeast, southeast, wherever, there's just not very many towns that are close to each other. And um, so we have a rule where um, they call it a co-op. Right, where two schools can get together or three schools can get together to make one team and they can compete as one team. Right. And that was very, very I'd never heard of such. And I was going, what do you mean they can get to they can play for the other school? Right. But there are some schools where um, you know, if they want to have a volleyball team, they only have three girls and another school has four girls, another school has five girls, they get all get together, they make one volleyball team. Right. That was very, very different. Um, for me to kind of to, for me to wrap my head around, um, and then the other thing was that we have some schools that in these really rural areas of the state, I think very um, southwest corner and like uh, maybe like way out east, where um, they are actually like their their school is in Oregon, but they are a member of the California um, State Association or the Idaho State Association or the Washington State Association because the only schools around them are in those states. I mean, the next closest school may be five or six hours away, you know? And so, you know, there's those little differences as far as, you know, geographically, um, the state of Oregon, the way that it's laid out, 
um, you know, with the mountains and all these other ranges and things that it, it's just, um, you have towns that are very, very far away from each other. And, um, and they just kind of have to do the best that they can. And we have rules um, to try to support that. And so um, that took some getting, getting used to. Yeah, um, I can just look back at my own career. My first head football job uh, was at a place called Sherman Union High School, uh, you know, a little bit south of the Dalles there, Morrow. Uh, and uh, there were, we, we had 100 kids in our high school. And, you know, we weren't co-opting, but there were schools smaller than us that I think right. now, this is, again, many, many, many years later. Uh, I, I'm sure they're probably in that co-op position. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just to give you uh, 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 an idea of where I was in Oregon, uh, I coached uh, at Neocani High School, you know, way yeah, up yeah. in the northwest corner. I was yeah. also the head football coach at Brookings Harbor down in the southwest corner. Wow. And then up and down the valley, uh, uh, you know, finished my uh, my Oregon career before we started coaching college, uh, actually wow. at uh, Umpqua College in Roseburg. But that's enough okay. about me. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. Monica, this has been uh, very cool connecting. We've seen each other from year to year at the um, at the NIAAA conference, but uh, always enjoy spending time with you. But we're not done yet. Uh, as you know, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. And uh, three years ago, you gave us uh, three very, very good tools uh, that went into the first edition of our AD Toolbox book. But uh, we're going to take our final break here from Athletic Surveys. And when we come back, uh, we're going to find out uh, what Monica Maxwell now with the Oregon School Activity Association is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors usually only hear back from the complainers, the people that want to gripe about everything. And that's really only about 2% of your population. Athletic surveys will connect you with that 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to a frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with an old friend, Monica Maxwell. She's a certified master athletic administrator, tremendous background in athletics. Uh, but right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So Monica, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, um, I think I could probably give you a long laundry list, but um I think the first and most important probably is to um, always continue to learn, you know, continue those education courses, those LTCs, uh, whether, you know, you take them at the state level, the national level, now they offer them over webinars. You really have no excuse not to take one. So, um, you know, I think even veteran ADs try to keep that, um, that sharpness 
um, when when it comes to the LTCs because they're they're constantly either rewriting or re or or, or even coming up with new ones as you said it a little bit earlier. Um, the other um, two I think I'm going to double down on from last time. Um, one was to really take care of um, your mental health. Um, you know, it's just a lot going on in this world right now, and um, you know whether that's a vacation, whether that's meditation in the morning, um, whatever that is. I think you know. I think it's important for us ads or us as athletic administrators to really take care of um, take care of ourselves because um, this career uh, field will beat you up um, as far as time commitment um, and the number of people that uh, you try to please. Um, and I think the number one person you need to try to please is yourself. So take care of your mental health. Um, and then the other, I think, uh, like I spoke about earlier, really early on in my career, where I met a bunch of people traveling different to different states, taking uh, different LTCs, um, was gra gravitate towards a mentor. Um, and it doesn't have to be a mentor that's in your state or in your conference. A lot of times what I did, honestly, uh, was try to find somebody outside of my state that I could call and talk to um, about, hey, I'm going through this, or um, what do you think about this? You can just bounce different ideas off of them and they may have a different perspective because they're outside of the area of where you work. So uh, yeah, so I think you know those three things uh, are a good start. Um, they work for me. Um, hopefully they'll be for somebody else. No, absolutely. And uh, you know, you and I were talking that uh, you know the the tools that you suggested originally, you know, very much reflect where you're at now. Um, Monica, if one of our listeners, we should have done this earlier. So uh, shame on me. If one of our listeners <laughs> wants to reach out, maybe pick your brain a little bit uh, or even find out uh, more about the um, OSAA, what's the best yeah. way that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, you can, um, you can email me. It's just Monica M at OSAA.org um, or feel free to call me on my cell phone. Um, 971-500-1616. Um, and I have that thing on me 24 seven. We know, we know how that is too. So um, call me, shoot me a text or whatever. I would love to connect. Yeah. Maybe send her a text first time. Uh, so she knows, uh, you know, to, to, to pick <laughs> up, but uh, Monica yeah. M at OSAA.org. And listeners, you got a tremendous resource here. Uh, you know, definitely somebody that you should add to your network. Monica, thanks again for spending some time with us. Uh, all the best. And uh, hopefully we can uh, connect uh, when we come out to Oregon uh, later this summer. Yeah. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you having me on. Had a good time. Oh, oh Absolutely. For listeners, um, we do this just about every day and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate listening. Come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.